Hello there. How are you? I am doing well on this Sunday night. How are you? I can't believe how long it's been. We've had an Herbal Honesty episode. I know. I think it's been a little too long, and I I think our audience is getting a little bit uh, antsy with how long we've waited to record a new episode. Because we're just so entertaining. (laughs) We're we're so entertaining, you know. Yeah. Well, today we have a really exciting episode. Actually, uh, our first live, as in the guests are with me. Um, while Kat is not, um, this is last week or last episode was our first international episode mm-hmm. and this week is our first live episode, but don't worry. We're very coronavirus appropriate, um, taking social the distancing. Process. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, with that, I'm really excited to introduce Amanda and Joao. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hello guys. How are you tonight? We're great. We're doing good. Thanks for having us on. Of course, of course. It's so nice to finally meet you guys. You as well. And so I'll just give a brief introduction. These are acquaintances, friends, I should say, great friends of mine that I met during my years at in in college in Boston. And I will actually, given the given my track record with these types of introductions, I'm just going to hand the mic over to them to introduce themselves further. So Amanda, do you want to start? Sure. Um Hey, world. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a resident of Massachusetts, actually born and raised, uh, not far from the Boston area. Um, I took a hiatus when I left for college, went to Chicago, um, worked in D.C. for a little while, went back to school in Jersey, and finally (laughs) completed the loop back to Massachusetts. There was no escaping it. Um, So I've been back here for about six years. I have a background in physics and engineering, so I've been in the um, technical world, <laughs> uh, lady in man's world, and uh, live here now with my husband, and we're actually about to celebrate our three-year wedding anniversary later. Woo! Congrats. Thanks. And over to you, Joao. Okay. I am Joao. I'm from Brazil. I came to US about 14 years ago. Gosh, so it wow. Wasn't easy at all, but now I'm I'm doing great with Amanda and you know lots of friends in Boston, Boston area. So it has been has been good. Most of the time we like each other. Kat, can you can you hear us all okay cuz the phone Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can hear you guys okay. Well, um thank you for those introductions. Um we feel after learning more about both of you that your story, both of your stories individually and together is super fascinating. So we mm-hmm. thought it would be fun to ask you some deep, dark and personal, no, just kidding, but some like <laughs> some, well, some exciting um, <laughs> questions about um, your lives. So Kat, do you, do you, uh, bleh, do you want to start the questions? <laughs> yeah. So I'll start off the question. So the first question I think, that our viewers and ourselves are interested in knowing is how did you guys meet? <laughs> a long time ago. No, <laughs> Not a long time ago. Uh, was end of 2016? Yeah, November 2016. Mm. Um, wow. Date. We have a receipt stamp. We do. I have a, a photo of it there somewhere. Um, yeah, I was out with my girls in Cambridge at like the one spot that has awesome dancing. And mm-hmm. Glorious for 
They're not the best men. <laughs> um, and uh, one of my friends was dancing. She found a guy and she was off doing her thing. So I'm just like in the middle of the dance floor by myself having fun. And this guy comes up. <laughs> very polite. Mm. If I would fun. like to dance, which I kid you not, that has never happened. <laughs> in the club <laughs> wow so of course i had to say yes and um he and i asked him his name as we're like shouting into each other's ears and uh he goes i'm john with like a thick mm-hmm. ad i was like that's not your name <laughs> yes it should be that well because most of people they can't pronounce my name so right so then you said your name which that's is usually that's how people call me what's so. your name joan right and i was like Can okay you we'll, we'll go with john <laughs> And the rest is history. Mm, I love that. Well, so the next question I would have for you guys is, could you talk about the ways that your lives individually have been vastly different from one another and simultaneously how that, well, not necessarily that, but just how you also... uh, (laughs) Mm, Well, this is only a 30-minute podcast. We'd probably do better identifying the things we haven't got. Yeah. That's a lot of things. Um, yeah, so, I mean, <coughs> I grew up in the U.S. in the upper middle class. Uh, I'm white, which you can't tell from this podcast. Um, <laughs> and I'm a man from Brazil. And you're a black man from Brazil. <laughs> um, and we're, you grew up in much different circumstances. Oh, yes, way, way, way different circumstances. Like? Very different. Very poor. Oh, oh yes, very poor area of very the country. Very rural. Yes. Yeah. Bunch um, of siblings and you know. Oh my gosh. Oh, can that? you talk a little bit about the siblings because there's a lot of them. Oh yes. Or I mean, like how many? Eleven. Have? Eleven. Wow. 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 Four boys and seven, seven, seven girls. Eight. Eight, eight girls. I mean, I'm sorry. How many are there? Of you? Twelve. Yeah. Twelve. There are Four twelve. Boys, yeah. So it's a big family was wow. I mean it was funny fun growing up with 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 a bunch of kids around and yeah. you know I mm-hmm. actually enjoy it well basically now that I've gone back to Brazil with you your family is essentially the village like every we'll be going around and we'll say hi to somebody and he's like oh that's my cousin or like that's my uncle like everybody's related whereas you know I grew up in Massachusetts I have two brothers um my parents were divorced when I was really young and I have a small, small family. I have two cousins. He has like 200. So, probably more. Probably I, probably I don't know. Outside wow. there someday, I, I have no idea. I never met him. Wow. And I wish I could, I could meet them someday. Do you have favorites and least uh, favorites? I do have <laughs> favorites. I do. Oh, yeah. I'm a favorite. I doubt they listen to the podcast. So you uh, I think they would understand it as well. So it makes sense for them to listen to it. But. But basically, like, everything on paper is different. Um, but to answer your second question, or second part of the question, I think um, what brought us together is, well, from my perspective, from the minute we first met, like, Joan is Joan. He is who he is. He never tries. Right? Like, you go on a date and somebody, yes, he does. You go on a date and somebody gives you their best first impression. But, like, Joan is Joan. And, okay. right, for better or worse, totally super honest his connection with his family was evident and how important that was to him and just like excellent excellent values and um 
yeah and and for me i was at a point in my life i mean we're in our we're in our early to mid 30s that like i was 28 28 we met and it's kind of like you you go through the the dating scene and you're trying to figure yourself out and at some point i was just like you know what i'll meet who i meet and they'll like Mm -hmm. who i am so i think we just kind of met at this place of honesty yeah i love that i love that too it's beautiful Agreed. So, Kat, do you want to follow up with the next question that we're both really big fans of hearing more about? This one? Yeah, the one that's highlighted. (laughs) Okay. So, we just want to know uh, some more details about, so, okay, so you meet in this, you meet in the bar, and then, um, so you got married after three months of knowing knowing each other. Mm -hmm. Which we know know after having... because right. prior to this podcast, we did do some further research to help prompt our questions. So um, we didn't just uh, kind of come up with that random fact. But given how soon after you met, you got married, right. could you talk a little bit. Could you talk a little bit about that? So yeah, and so actually, um, we decided to get married three months in. Yeah, it was in February. Right? Um, yes, yeah. So in that November, and, and you know, I mean, Joanne's from Brazil. Obviously, English is a second language. You know, it's a. So it was part of that story, I, but I, it wasn't a question that I asked anything about, um, just because it didn't feel appropriate to ask somebody. Their status. Their status. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But it took me a little bit of time to tell her because I always afraid, oh, how she's going to react, what she's going to tell me. Mm-hmm. You know, but one day I, I definitely told her. Yes, you did. I, I remember the I day we were talking about your friend or something. Yeah. And they were having some issue. And now <clears throat> it was tough because your friend's undocumented and, mm-hmm. um, or something like that. And, and I was like, oh, wait. So, you know, I, what about you? And he's like, what do you think, Amanda? And I was doing Wake up. <laughs> Wake up. And then he walks out. You can tell he was I know nervous. I was very uncomfortable to talk right, about that. Of course. It is not easy for you to. I, I mean, you know, I was here a little bit over 12 years mm-hmm. illegal, illegally. Mm-hmm. So uh, I wouldn't talk about that to some people that I wouldn't know. That, you know, right. I had to be comfortable to talk to somebody about that. So that makes sense. A lot of sense. So that kind of triggered for me, I knew very little. Right. Like I said, grew up Massachusetts, yeah. upper middle class family, U.S. citizen. I've never had to think about these things ever in my entire life. Um, and and so I'm a researcher. So I did some research, um, got a number of a lawyer uh, and spoke with a lawyer. And this is, you know, the beginning of 2017. So Trump had just been elected. Mm-hmm. And it was in that context, too, of like. Okay, it's a difficult situation anytime, mm-hmm. but if you're gonna do it, do it now. Get married now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. We have no idea what he's gonna do and when, and how it's gonna change yeah. things. Um, so we started talking about it, yeah, we did. and all of a sudden we were diagnosed with cancer. And so then I was diagnosed was... with cancer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, was a crazy it was a time. time. Yeah, um, 2017, unforgettable. <laughs> it was an unforgettable year. Yeah. But... We made it. That so. that's definitely. It's hard to really have any follow up to that, just because of the intensity and yeah, um, you know, agreed. 
Um, Kat, do you have do you have a follow up? If not, I definitely. I mean, my only. I mean, like you just said, the intensity of eyes. I I mean, like you know, I can't even begin to imagine the experience of that. But I think that the the one follow up you mentioned, and this was in uh, this was after Trump was elected, right? That you guys this was twenty seventeen that you guys got married, right? Yep. Okay, so this was like right after Trump's election, and. So, kind of, I guess my follow-up question, I think this is a little bit, I don't know, you can, you know, pass on this one, but I just think I was thinking about to, you know, to what effect do you think that his administration um, has an impact on people coming to this country, if at all? Does, is, do you think it's a deterrent, or do you think that that's, that's, that doesn't really impact the immigrants' decision to come here? Oof. I, I I think it does. It does for sure. You know, it's just okay. a hell out of to try to it's, cross the I, U.S. border. It's, a, it's interesting. It's, I mean, it's like I don't. I'll try to I'll try to give my two cents in a simplified way, but I think it's a super super complex question because there are so many different types of immigrants. Mm-hmm. Things like from an undocumented standpoint, people are still coming. Mm-hmm. People are still coming every day, but. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it did scare them, right? Oh, like, oh, am I yeah. going to be detained? What's am I going to jail? What? Um, a lot of but, things. But for the, und- it seems like the undocumented population too, though, I mean, they're taking massive risks even before Trump is around, right? Right, right. Come in. Um, I know it's made it harder for a lot of people to come in legally. And then the people who are already here trying to go through the process... As we were like trying to go through the process, trying to do things correctly and and get to where we needed to be, um, it's become more and more difficult. So even the process that we went through um, has changed. Right. And that, that, that process exists. But instead of if you don't get approved, you just go back to your normal life. Now it's if you don't get approved, you get an immediate deportation notice. Right. Right. Like, exactly. Like that. Some big things, obviously, he's done, but even small things like that, they don't, they don't make the front page news that are impacting many, many people's lives and tearing families apart. It's crazy. You kind of just answered my next question, which is, so, you know, you talk a lot about the process, um, the immigration process. So what would you say to people who are trying to become more familiar and educated on immigration, the effects um, that immigration policies have on undocumented, documented, really any type of immigrant, um, for people who are trying to learn more about that, what do you what do you think is an underratedly underratedly? Not sure if that's a word, um, <laughs> but I don't think it is. But an underrated um, topic or component that someone who is trying to learn more should should make sure to freshen up on or you know learn learn more about, pay attention to. Gosh, everything. Yes. I mean. Yeah. Special with lawyers, specialist. <laughs> That's that. Well, yeah. yourself, obviously, a lawyer is good. Yeah. But like, from from my perspective as a U.S. citizen, and speaking for probably the majority of U.S. citizens, U.S.-born people, um, we just have no clue. I mean, on every level, right? So probably like every single piece of of the life and existence of undocumented immigrants is probably unknown because there's this myth of like, either coming here to take jobs. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Um, and 
they have no idea. I had no idea what can can be part of their experience just coming into the country and crossing the border. You know, it's like the coyotes yeah, who know. shepherd them in. They're trafficking humans yeah, and a lot of times drugs as well. Um, it's hugely violent. It's hugely risky. Um, it's incredible. The experience here. I mean, the kind of life in the shadows people live. So every, I mean, everything. I mean, when you go through that, it takes you a long time in order to forget that. It took me right. over two years. I was thinking about that 24 7. Before you came there. in? No, no, right after I came. Like two years after. I, do, oh, I still had that on my mind. Like the PTSD? Yes, for a long time. Yeah, seriously. It's just a lot of pressure on you. But even, honestly, the biggest one, too, I think, is this you, like myth that U.S. citizens have, which is like, well, why don't you just come in legally? Right. right? Like, just apply for a visa. I mean, it's hard. Mm -hmm. How how could I get not, a visa there? Never. You would never not have it. Would never he happen. would have gotten denied. Oh, I would waste the little money that I had just to try. Right. And if you could afford work. it. Yes. Yeah. But then That's... you would have been denied because you didn't have the income substantiation. Yeah, so you would exactly. have had a risk of overstaying your visa. Exactly. So. But even on a basic level, when talking to my family, even, um, my mom was like, well, my friend got married to somebody from Sweden and they just came right in. It was no big deal. Okay. Like Sweden. Well, <laughs> Sweden and Brazil are very, uh, very you're different. You're talking about a, a different world. So. Very different. And uh, that person wasn't here yeah. <laughs> illegally. Right. Your mom definitely. Mm. So it's, I think that the misconceptions are wide and vast and deep. Yeah. <laughs> My next follow-up question to that then, so you're talking about the misconceptions here. And I think that's a really important topic to talk about because I think a lot of Americans, well, not a lot of Americans, I won't say a lot. I think there's a, sm a smaller population of Americans that are critical of immigrants. And I think that they have a lot of preconceived notions about immigrants just, you know, just crossing the border, bringing drugs. And it's just like this continued narrative that Trump um, has kind of brought brought to the forefront and i just want to know what what would you say to people who are critical of people who come here for a better life for whatever reason that might be uh, i i would tell them to you know get to know them get to know their life that get to know their story maybe they could take they could think differently about them not all immigrants are bad as right stuff. most most uh, that, uh, most of I mean, you describe uh, describe yourself and the people you know, and that yeah, will help a yes, yes, I mean, we have a lot of good immigrants all over the country for mm -hmm. sure. Hard working. Oh, oh, yes, they are. They're the one working at this moment where exactly. nobody can wants to go to any places. We are the one doing it. Yep, mm -hmm. they're so, the one. Cleaning usually, hospitals. Yeah, usually we take the, the jobs. Basically, the American doesn't want it, so right. we take them. Taking <laughs> Which, care of all the elderly. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it, it is if they really see what we do and where we came from, maybe some of people that criticize immigrants would think differently. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's a really good I, point. I once saw, I was once at this uh, restaurant in San Francisco and as many in, um, restaurants are run by immigrants, this one was also run by immigrants and on their receipt, it said, you know, this was also probably pretty soon after Trump was elected, they had somehow created this message on their receipts that they gave to people after they, you know, paid their bill. And on the receipt, it said, immigrants make America great. Mm -hmm. well, I love that. that. Has <clears throat> really, like, 
you know, we talk about <clears throat> Americans. <laughs> we talk about Americans like judging um, immigrants and not understanding their stories when like in reality, you know, America is always referred to as a melting pot and it really wouldn't be that if it, if it weren't for the many, many, many immigrants that um, are that make this country great. Well, it's a country of immigrants. Exactly, right? yeah. yeah. And it's... And look at your history. Uh, I'll say Sandy too. I don't know yeah. where her ancestors came mm -hmm. from, but yours for sure was Italy. Oh, yeah, all Poland. European immigrants. So it's not about... Well, and it's, it's history repeating itself, which is sad, right, mm -hmm. that we haven't learned. But, you know, my grandparents would talk about, oh, the Poles and the Italians and how it was so inappropriate um, that they got married because one was Polish and one was Italian. Like, oh, heaven forbid. Now it's just a different version of the tale. Like, oh, you're multiracial and he's from Brazil and you're from the US. Mm -hmm. Like, how, how could you, you know? Mm. What are your children? What, how are you going to do with them? Like, well, I don't know. Raise them? Feed them? Wow. <laughs> um, my next question, kind of going off of that, is so we talk about America kind of being a melting pot. And I'm just wondering if we can reach you know, I think, like you said, I think history is repeating itself. You know, back in early 1900s, we saw Italian, the Irish, no need apply, um, and just a lot of neg negative stereotypes regarding immigrants from Europe. And so we see that repeating itself. But do you think that, do you think that there's potential for this country to kind of shift the narrative in terms of the immigrant? I mean, I don't know if that means that we have to have new leadership or like what what do you do you think that's possible that we can kind of shift the narrative again oh he's pointing at me <laughs> <laughs> um i have to believe it's possible because if i don't then what's the point right mm -hmm. um but is it hard yeah yeah wow but i mean i Thinking of anything on a, a vast scale, whether it's nationwide or globally, it gets overwhelming and it gets, it's, it's defeating, right? I think it's uh, frustrating, but from my own personal experiences, I feel like every individual interaction counts, right? Like the fact that we're having this conversation mm -hmm. is huge. The fact that we're hearing the voice of a formerly undocumented immigrant is huge. Mm -hmm. um, it's not one that we hear. So even this interaction, even my family getting to know Juan and through our marriage coming to see a different experience, a different perspective on maybe some of their preconceived notions, it's something. Totally. Right. It's not the scale, but it's something. Yeah. I totally agree. And I think... I just hope that people can educate themselves. And I think that then again, like, like you said, it's great that, you know, we're, you know, immigrants and people of different um, walks of life can be represented. And I think that's really important. Um, and I hope that we can do that more and more going forward. Retweet. I think um, just, you know, this conversation, like Amanda said, is so important. And so, um, uh, I guess encouraging that you know when we when we do this it it can give it can give us like hope that m maybe more more people are doing this as well and mm -hmm. we'll continue to 
to do things like this and use their platform, not to compliment Kat and I, <laughs> um, but to use like a platform to like, you know, have the conversations, even if right. they're uncomfortable. Exactly. But speaking of uncomfortable, because like Amanda or like, you know, like, like we've always emphasized that we like to keep these under 30 minutes. I wanted to kind of end the podcast with some slightly humorous, potentially stories involving how coming from Brazil the the differences you noticed in American culture and maybe some humorous things that occurred as you began to assimilate um if that if that makes sense there are lots of a different culture between Brazil and and U.S. for sure Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean I have so many things in my mind that I could say (laughs) I feel a bit uncomfortable (laughs) I mean we've talked about a lot of stuff on this podcast I I'm pretty sure the next one we we can talk about more okay a little bit (laughs) Amanda if you if you think of anything that you I mean you can say something because you were there with me yeah you were there with me yeah, gosh, I don't know. It's so different. Uh, I you put me on the spot, but this Sorry isn't the that. most hilarious story. But it was just a perfect example of the weird cultural differences. And one was um, a lot of times we'll be in Brazil and like we're out on the farm and doing stuff out all day. And at the end of the night, we're having dinner and big family and playing dominoes. And we're all like lying on the tiles on the floor and just hanging out. And I got up to get something, and you know, it was like multiple bodies lying on the floor in front of me so i just went to step over one of his sisters and afterwards Juan pulls me to the side he goes you yeah. know you can't do that <laughs> I was like, what's wrong what? i know it's a culture thing what i'm not, I'm not saying yes you can't step we, over we, people we in brazil it's bad luck like, apparently or something like some weird superstitious thing i know that's, that's i'm like i just stepped over. how was this it's like it's i didn't want to disturb her like i'd rather step over her than ask her to move for me he's like no no ask her to move he's like all oh, serious about it that's I know, so that was funny silly stuff but that's how we grew up with so mm-hmm. hmm. and didn't I feel like I also did hear a story that I won't share, but maybe could remind you because I've heard it that you were unintentionally, you unintentionally witnessed a, a slaughtering. Yes, oh. you did. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's traumatic. But I told my brother, <laughs> I told him, do not do it when she's around. And yeah. apparently he didn't listen to me. Yeah. And- so on the farm, <clears throat> animals are food. Right, every day. Um, So, which is fantastic. Fresh chicken, fresh pork, sheep, cow, whatever. Right? So, it was Christmas time, and they were sacrificing a cow. Oh, my God. Yep. And uh, I I, I cry when, like, a mouse dies. Like, you know, when my cat killed a mouse. (laughs) I told my brother, like, a hundred times. So, I'm out in the corral cleaning up, and and his brother comes over, and granted, my Portuguese is... (laughs) in in the works and i've heard it's very good it's, yeah it's she, she, she she's really good but so his brother comes up and he's you know saying like oh yeah this is the cow we're gonna kill whatever and i'm like oh, okay sad cow you know whatever this. yeah let's you know hand to the throat kind of ominous uh gesture and and i just thought he was telling me i was like oh yeah we're gonna kill it sometime sometime later 
but even then, <laughs> in that moment. So I just continue cleaning. I leave the cow out under the tree, tie whatever. And I'm just going about my way, barely paying attention, wheelbarrowing poop to the poop pile. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I hear like this loud, like, thwack, and this cow letting out this horrible cry of pain. And they're trying to knock it unconscious before they slit its throat. And I just look over and really it's just like shock. Tears streaming down my face, just like, no! You know, the slow motion movie moment. And, but I don't want anybody to see that I'm sad. So I quietly, as I'm tears streaming down my face, I quietly walk back to the corral and then I just blubber. And, and, and I, I wasn't around at the moment no. when I came back. She was devastating. I felt so bad, and I blame my brother so much because he, <laughs> he could. I told him, "Don't do it when a man is around," because I know she's not gonna like yeah. that. Yeah. So that definitely never happened in Massachusetts when I grew yeah. up. Oh, Won't yeah. happen again, boo. No worries. Will never happen again because he learned the lesson. I hope he did. My brother. That is really on the farm in Brazil. Cat, any follow-up questions to that? <clears throat> Um, well, I'll, I'll just say I've never seen, I've never physically witnessed, uh, cow slaughtering and I hope I, I personally hope I don't have to, <laughs> but, um, that sounds like quite the experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I've never witnessed a slaughtering before of an animal. I actually do, um, not to go back to the serious stuff, but given that we have less than a minute, I do want to make sure to ask one question that I personally really love hear about because I'm an avid language learner. So Joao, could you talk a little bit about, sorry, could you talk a little bit about how you learned English so um, fast? I it was, it wasn't that fast, but I, when I, when I came, when I got there, I took a little bit of time at nighttime to take some classes. And then, you know, I was very curious all the time, you know, when I learned, I'd write it down everything. And it took me about two years to get more comfortable with the language. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, around people who spoke language, the language right. all the time. So you, you start learning more and more. And and I, I have a, a lot to learn still, so. <laughs> I think you're great. I think <laughs> you're, yeah, I think your English is great too. Oh, Thank you. Your English Try is it every day. A thousand times. Mm -hmm. No, you're doing well. <laughs> boo, I like the boo. <laughs> Little American culture there. That's um, well, well, Kat, are you ready to wrap this up? I'm ready to wrap it up, but I just like to thank both of you guys so much for coming on today. I really appreciate your time and I really appreciate your experience sharing your experiences, both Joao and Amanda. So, thank you again so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. And, yeah, thank you. And I'll, I'll retweet that. Um, I need to stop saying retweet on this podcast, but also thank you both so much. So honored to know such cool people with such deep experiences mm -hmm. in life. And yes, just thank you so much for taking the time to do this. We both really appreciate it. Thank so, you. So um, maybe next Thirsty Thursday, maybe on a on a sexy Sunday, who knows? But yeah, either uh, one. Either one. We really haven't been following any type of schedule because times uh, radical times call for radical changes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. All right. Peace and love. Peace and love, all.